how badly do you admit yourself to that you desire that gold medal and you are ready to go after that uh, no matter what. And, you know, the more you go and you perform and you are more determined about that, the more shameless you are, the more you will have also uh, challenges on your way to really test you and confirm you that, are you sure you want it? one of the richest theories that I've done so far, I believe, about executive performance, success, and failure, and how can we move from silver to gold and maintain that executive elite level performance in different areas of our life, ranging from extreme sports through business all the way to partnership and intimate projects like parenting and pregnancy. We're speaking to Dr. Sofia Belovka, who is an executive performance consultant, an academic and exercise psychologist and high performance healer. She's been working with high performance leaders, politicians, elite athletes, coaches, and healers to transform their lives for over 20 years now. And she concluded that the differences between silver and gold record are very specific details that make the difference when the patterns are broken. So tune into this three-part series uh, in which we're going from Olympic golden medals through business all the way to her own experience of miscarriage. So, Sophia, thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, you've been such a role model for me uh, in terms of all the scope that you've been covering as you're moving from the world of executive performance and exercise psychology and healing and mentoring. It's been super inspiring for me, the breadth of professionals that you've been dealing with from, obviously, the elite performers in business, but also in sports and Olympians. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I would love to speak to you today, because we're speaking at the occasion of my participation at the conference, which is dedicated to failure. And this brought me to a reflection about what is actually the wisdom around me about the whole concept of failure. And so the first thing that I would like to, you know, dive deep into is looking at the really best performance in sports in the world, the, the Olympic athletes that you've been working with as, as a researcher, as a mentor, what is their framing of failure? How do they deal with the concept? What is it for them? Awesome. Thank you, Lucia, first of all, for the, uh, your invitation. I'm very excited to be here with you, you. and discuss on this uh, uh, very beautiful subject for me, uh, the term that we say and perceive as failure. From my experience throughout um, uh, elite performance with, uh, with elite athletes and elite um, and, and people in, in the business, uh, but especially for the sport uh, elite performance as per your question, uh, failure is, um, is perceived as a part of the game when uh, we perform at the, this high elite level and we're really targeting about getting into the, getting on the podium, you know, where there are big three medals, three positions above the medals. And it always depends on the level of uh, the competition that the, the athlete is. Uh, failure can be part of the game. The more we uh, go up and advance at the ladder, if you will say, of the sport performance and uh, according to our experience, um, a lot of a uh, lot of elite athletes having uh, failure as a non-negotiable. What does that mean? 
that yeah, is not like, an option they would be thinking about for me like the, uh, the human as a body as a mind as a, as a heart is it's very it's very complex thankfully and it's very very interesting so there is not one way of approach into all this holistic approach and holistic yeah. beings that we are so uh, when somebody says like failure is not negotiable it's not negotiable it's not it's not a choice it is literally like a, a mind and mindset and to boost the mind of course there is a lot of other uh, energetics and mechanics that they are under these on the physical level on the mental level on an emotional level or on an energetic level to really see like how much um, the person really is congruent and believes that phrase that uh, sp speaks out um but it's very this important is a to of, <laughs> this is a lot of complicated words i'm wondering whether you can you know translate the yeah. The mechanics yeah. and the energetics of it if yeah. you can give us a couple of examples what does it actually translate into in their mental so, <laughs> mental and physical practice so yeah it's 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 quite complex and also like a lot of um, even on a little level uh don't understand that they are doing it everybody we all do it but we don't really understand that we are doing it mm -hmm. like giving like a, a frame or a word so the energetics can be like the vibration that you, we have, other with our actions, other without words, other without presence. So if we consider that um, we are and uh, we have a, a level of energy, you know, like what we eat gives us a level of energy. If we sleep well or not well, we have high energy, low energy. And um, in our society, the most the most the easiest thing that uh, we say oh to, to to get some energy is like for example if we move some 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 sports we get we do we get into sports we are more energized this is like uh, the number one let's say that give us uh, energy that we generally accept yeah and um, even like our nutrition give us energy what we're thinking give us energy or takes energy out of us but this has a lot of to do with our uh, with what we are really are if we really see from a physiology base i'll try to explain as easy as possible uh you know like to be in that balance in that health state as we call it uh we need to uh, spend energy so it's our catabolic process like what we do when we are working or working out or being at work. It's like we're spending energy, we're catabolic beings. The more we get catabolic and we spend, we get into activities. Um, when we overdo it, we get very stressed out. That's when we got into one side of too much. Mm -hmm. And this is like a, phys a, a, a normal state to, to, to do that productivity as, as a being in the earth whether you're a human or an animal. So uh, these are catabolic side. These are, if you want, like our sympathetic system, nervous system, our heartbeats, our hormones, our activities, our muscles. It's our life. It's, it, we can say like an eustress where it's really inspired us and we get into action. And when we go into extreme, it's like burnout, stress out, sick, collapsing. And the other side of, uh, of, our, of our state is if you want like this anabolic where we are really um, accumulate 
accumulate energy. This is happens when we rest. We're on holidays and we have a nice time. Let's say it's very simple. Uh, when we go back in the evening uh, to our bed, home, and we are enjoying states, you know, like when we are in a love state situation and we receive, so we are resting, so we are anabolic, so we replenish, we recharge. And this is, if you want, like our parasympathetic system where we really need it in our day. And this is what happens in the night when we're supposed to sleep. So if you want um, our circadian rhythm, this is our 24 hours rhythm that functions with our light or with the night. This is all our pace uh, and rhythm throughout the centuries since we show up in here. So, so for uh, executive performance at the highest level, what is the magical ingredient or the skill that we need to master in order to master the cycle and the energetic balance? So it's like to, to master the energy, to master the, those two sides, if you want, uh, the catabolic and the anabolic, and uh, to, to, to try to maintain them in balance, in that health state. There are a lot of components that we can determine as, um, as that balance state, whether we talk in, in psychology, in physiology, in the work area, there are a lot of uh, uh, different components that uh, determine that. So in that elite performance level is uh, really like keeping that balance. And many times it's like how to uh, really like, you know, get into the work, be that catabolic spending, but also maintaining that, uh, uh, that force and recharging that force that will help you to keep going instead of burn you out and make you collapse. I think that's the difference between, um, uh, you know, elite performers or like somebody who chooses, because there is no judgment here, who chooses to perform at the medium level, or for example, the difference of a gold medalist to a silver medalist, if you want, or to a, uh, or to the third place uh, medalist. And also and this the gender is, level is probably reaching that and also maintaining the performance. I don't know if from your perspective, yeah, if you can also yeah. tap into what is it that makes a difference to go from silver to gold, but also what is it that makes a difference from the gold one to really maintain the performance to repeat it? Because I guess that's where the pressure and fear and, and the stress related to that, which can then transform into the performance expands even more. So probably the mastery becomes even more important and more complicated as a process to achieve and maintain. That's the goal that makes a difference of the gold uh, metal in there is like exactly to be able to maintain that uh, level of energy and not just have, if you want, uh, the breakthrough to break the ceiling to get into there, but also to have the intelligence and the mastery to maintain that. Now, if you ask me how to maintain that, there are a lot of components on a physical level, on mental level, emotional level. And um, this, is, this is why I love uh, working with that on, on, on a system that I call that triad, triad wisdom. And it really addresses like the physical, the mental and the emotional level where we get into that emotional mastery, mental focus and physical performance that can, um, make the difference to maintain that uh, 
gold gold performance if you want so i believe the more balanced mastered and focused is the person into um what really represents that gold medal let's say for elite performance athletes uh the more balanced mastered and focused you can be in order to maintain that state what is the relationship between the volume of the why you're saying the importance of it is so massive for the performance or for the success i would assume that then the fear of failure can also multiply the bigger your why maybe the bigger is the fear of not achieving or does it go with the mastery of reframing the fear of failing and seeing that as as the path towards uh, the greater service that you've defined for yourself as as the reason behind the, the pursuit of whatever performance you're doing, actually. I believe that elite performers are just are not just the athletes, but uh, everybody who performs at a very high demanding environment and, and, and level. Uh, for me, even like mothers, staying at home mothers who have to, you know, manage motherhood, manage, manage themselves, manage their relationship, manage the household. On top, if they have like a work, <laughs> for me, this is an elite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's much more demanding than even a gold medalist because at least a gold medalist has a focus towards a one, one direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to come to your question, it is, I, I, I believe it like it's, uh, the why it's very, it's very, very important and vital. But um, many times, a lot of people are really shy to admit their, their, their why, you know. Well, many times, many times we, 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 pursue, we pursue records or performers or achievements out of uh, not obligatory our own needs and priorities, but in order uh, maybe to satisfy uh, other people like uh, my mom, my dad, society, uh, pursuits for that we have been installed from uh, when we were kids and um, this makes the, also another great difference between if you want a gold medalist and a silver medalist so I have found from my research and the study that I do that the more shameless you are the more authentic uh, you can become the more you can uh, pursue that uh, mastery and that gold performance and maintain it could you elaborate a little bit on the concept of shame here? And, uh, yeah. I'm surprised, you know, to, um, to hear you share about the importance of, of shame of what is it? Is it of the success and failure or who you are deep down and what are the drivers that you're ashamed of that you're talking about that can interfere with your performance ability? It can be like being ashamed of uh, really... Um, expressing who you who you are and what your views are like uh, even like uh, that I really desire how badly do you want for example a gold medal how badly do you admit yourself to that you desire that gold medal and you are ready to go after that uh, no matter what and you know the more you go and you perform and you are more determined about that the more shameless you are, the more you will have also uh, challenges on your way to really test you and confirm you that, are you sure you want it? Because look what's happening here. 
there is there is like this injury and there is this problem and there is uh, like uh, this um, challenge outside of the performance field for example in your personal life or in your relationship life so we really need to focus on that instead of just focus on gold metal and be really shameless to say to your whoever you need to address to and say no i'm sorry i don't have the, the possibility right now to give you access to that because I'm shameless and I'm really focusing and value and prioritizing like my gold medal. So, um, and this is another really big, uh, big uh, challenge to maintain that uh, mastery and focus because, you know, uh, as humans, we have a lot of um, responsibilities and life life uh, life uh, factors and life sections that life is running as many times and uh, the focus to run run your life instead like allowing life to run you is uh, that's the master game that um, yeah. i consider a lot and to be able to to be seamless and to be authentic into really what is the truth that you represent like the truth here in the example we use is like the gold medal and uh, being efficient to use also other factors like the relationship uh, yourself, uh, the family, the friends, the work, all the other components in order to support you towards that direction instead of, um, uh, instead of allowing these uh, other aspects of life uh, distracting you or breaking you down. And and that's this is very big... interesting, uh, especially in the context of where there's so many distractions if we talk about performance in other areas of life, not really the hardcore focused uh, sports performance, but like business or whatever life projects uh, that we want to invest our, our energy into. And so our subsequent episodes will be looking exactly at these concepts from a more broader perspective. And so I'm wondering how much more can we learn from the sports world when we talk about that persistence and self-discipline and focus and ability to stay in tune with the drive and the why, especially when the obstacles are thrown in your way. I'm wondering what is their mental tricks or techniques that they're using. For instance, if you are an Olympic athlete and you fail, and then you're asked to outperform every day during your preparatory practice for four years until you get another chance. What is it? that they draw on as a source to stay motivated if they fail the last time, failed from the traditional black and white sports perspective, the last time they had a chance to show how much they've got. On that point, you did like uh, uh, stay motivated. I believe that uh, I struggle a lot to, to, to give um, that motivation uh, aspect, like um, that uh, energy and that boost. And I believe that um, when we try to stay motivated into something, it's exactly because we do something because we are we don't we don't do it from our authentic priority and desire. Mm-hmm. When we need like motivation, when we need motivation, it means like uh, I have to do something to, to to drag myself to do something. While when we are inspired, nobody has to remind us. Exactly. An elite performer, you don't have to remind to elite performer, athletes, 
okay? That in, uh, let's say, let's hope that Tokyo Olympic Games will occur, will happen after this um, postponement. Let's say you don't have to remind, to remind an elite performer that uh, in July 2021, there will be the Olympic Games in Tokyo and that there is a, a training to be done. You don't have to remind him. So he doesn't need motivation. He's inspired. And then it's a game of mastering the steps of, yes. of that training. But if I'm going to work where I'm not very clear why I'm, 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 I'm going and it's Monday and I need the motivation for Monday morning to go to drag me to the office, there I need motivation because I'm not very clear and authentic, first of all, with myself. Why the heck am I going to this job? Because obviously, if you need motivation, the job does inspire you. You go for other reasons that you haven't yet admitted to the self. It can be, and there is no judgment or right or wrong, okay? Um, there is no right or wrong or, 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 or um, a fair or, uh, or right, I believe. There is just the truth of each person is very different from another person, and that's not judgmental. So if I go for a work... To, to work for the money, for example, because my work gives me the salary to survive life. And that's very natural. It's about time to really be authentic and admit it to ourselves and be shameless about that. Okay, what we were discussing before. And once somebody is knows that, you know, I'm going for the, and I, I have the guts to also tell you, I'm going to this job about, uh, for, for the salary and whatever bonus there are. And I'm fine with that because that's what inspires me. So once you have that, you will feel more inspired on Monday morning to go to that job and to, to manage your way around the job in order to be showing up every Monday. Yep. Instead of just thinking like, I have to do this task about, and I don't like the, the topic yeah. of job. Yeah. Like in order for you to do this podcast, I'm sure you are inspired to do this podcast. I mean, nobody kind of obliges you or anything. You have a mission and you have a vision about that. So uh, you are inspired to do. And of course there are the tests, the challenges maybe uh, along the way, but that's a part of the game. Like an elite performer has also his own challenges. Like the gold medal is not, doesn't happen from one day to the other. It is a way, it's a path along yeah. the way. It, it, does this answer your question? Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm wondering before we dive a little bit deeper into how the reframing um, can actually be done in our uh, non-elite yeah. context, where obviously we haven't received the, the training and education that the athletes have been through since uh, they were small kids, most of them. I'm wondering if you could give us one more insight into the world of Paralympianics, um, the athletes who have been through I guess, incomparably higher challenges before they became athletes and whether there are some differences in the work that they had to be doing in their mental mastery and their discipline and their why and their showing up and having the courage and working with the shame before they actually become the only athlete. Um, yeah. What is the difference in their mental ability? Yeah. So, yeah, I was exactly. I was going to bring an example from my experience with uh, Paralympians. So, um, since two thousand two, I'm working with um, the Paralympic sport of uh, wheelchair rugby. 
which is a sport. It's a team sport, and it's mainly um, it's mainly for people who are uh, incomplete tetraplegics or have amputees or cerebral palsy and other uh, neuropathological and musculoskeletal disorders. Let's say. So um, my experience from that is. You see, uh, it's it's an elite it's an elite sport. It's Paralympic uh, level, an Olympic Olympic uh, Olympic uh, level as well, Olympic and Paralympic games, and um, of course the athletes that go into this sport they have uh, previously the experience of an accident that turned them, um, for example, uh, yeah, from able body. Uh, they got into into an accident and they got like a disability. For example, they had the most common is to have an injury on the spine yeah. and to be and to be tetraplegic. Okay, which means like um, you cannot move your legs and you can partly move maybe your your hands or your fingers. So you imagine that you have this uh, this accident where you have a given about how life was supposed to be and suddenly due to experience and an accident you have to adapt to a new reality of life to a new model of life and there really there is a process there is a process of rehabilitation on a physical level and if so they choose there is a rehabilitation or a support on a mental and emotional level with various with various um, methodologies and approaches so that work that is 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 occurring is happening post the accident can really motivate a lot of people to to get into sports and later to compete in an Paralympic elite performance and sport level. And as I have met many athletes in, in that level, Paralympians, uh, they have done a lot of work, physical work, and um, this can really push them like this physical accident that they had in their life they can really uh, increase their persistence and uh, their, their focus and their uh, desire for a higher uh, challenge and a higher performance level but I believe also that this is from from the character and what character you build throughout the life before but also uh, due to an accident there is a, a great Paralympian um the best Paralympic athlete in the track and field. It's an Italian. And he had said like, uh, oh, my accident had been the best blessing, the best thing that happened to my life. Because uh, of course, post the accident, he became a gold medalist multiple times. But also he saw, he said that he appreciated life and he saw the meaning of life after that. Mm. Uh, not every story is like that. Uh, however, and I don't believe that necessarily you need to have an accident to, to realize the value of, of life, but this happens. This happens, and um, anyway, there is a background there, but I believe it's not in the, in the focus of our podcast. Uh, however, you can really see when somebody is competing uh, on the Paralympic level and the Olympic level, of course, what is really happening on the mental level or in the emotional level and how this influences the performance. So to, to stick into the example of the Paralympians, yes, of course, this pre-competition uh, experience can really 
shape and firm your persistence and your uh, inspiration because you transform, right? Uh, inspiration creates transformation while with motivation, we just try to grab information about. Mm -hmm. I was always wondering to which extent the successful Paralympianics, whether they were leaders as personalities in terms of how they perform, how disciplined they are, they are before the accident happened and hence they would have been outperforming the others <coughs> if this tragedy or whatever accident it was hadn't had happened or whether it really is the accident that provides the source of life transformation and also um, for several, I guess, proportion of them who completely transform the way that they perceive the challenge and how they embrace life and how they show up. So from my observations, I, I, I believe that everybody is a leader and can be a leader. Uh, however, we choose always not to express that way. But uh, an accident, yes, can um, can um, can shape you, can shape you up, shake you up, and shape up your uh, your leadership, uh, your leadership uh, abilities. So many of uh, my Paralympic uh, athletes have been uh, leaders post the accident, but I mean expressing that leadership post the accident, but. Um, uh, some of them, some of them had that leadership already grown up and uh, showing it up before the accident. Uh, but you know, like um, in the, in every incident of life, whether you have an accident or a disease, or a, like during the day, a difficulty is a way to wake us up to a more authentic version of us that we are. Which is a beautiful bridge to our continuation of our conversation, where we will open up a little bit further from the uh, world of elite performance to our everyday performance, where maybe the perception of success and failure is even more confusing because it's not just about the three medals, but it's about uh, many more dimensions of life being combined and. And that's where the cultural and societal conditioning uh, complicates our life and our perception of what's actually happening even more. So thanks for this part and uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. I find it super insightful. I'd be curious to hear your main takeaways in the comments under this episode. Don't hesitate to obviously check out the other parts of this series so you get a full picture of Sophia's story and what she had to share. This series is available obviously on my YouTube channel, so go and hit that subscribe button to be notified about the other episodes as well. And obviously on the podcast Lights in Europe, on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, etc. Et go to my website if you are curious where else to find it. And I'll be looking forward to exchanges uh, with you and, and your friends who this may be relevant for on all social media platforms as well. So thank you and thank you for your support as well. Bye.